Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Welcome to Ask Margaret from What Fresh Hell, laughing in the face of motherhood. Answering your parenting dilemmas one question at a time. Today's question comes from our Facebook page, which you should definitely be on, facebook.com forward slash whatfreshhellcast. And it's from a listener who asks, my son is five and in pre-K. One of the kiddos in his class lost his dad when he was very young. Since learning this, my son has started asking us about death and has started worrying that something is going to happen to me or my husband. I'm not sure how to talk to him about it. I want him to know that it does happen and we need to be compassionate to his friend but also don't want him to worry every day. How can I bring this hard topic down to his level? I love this question. It's something that so many of us have had to deal with our kids. And even if your kid hasn't experienced a loss necessarily of someone close to them, they at five are starting to understand the concept of death. So whether or not there's been a loss, this is a conversation that's probably coming at you when the kid's about five years old. And so I went to NPR.org and they have a great article on helping kids talk about and deal with death. And the number one point that they make is... To be honest and concrete about death when you're discussing it with your kids. So we don't use metaphorical language. So not, you know, he went to a better place because you have to remember that kids, they don't work in that metaphorical realm. And so he went to a better place may imply to a five-year-old, well, they left voluntarily or they left and they're going to come back at some point. And so... It seems, I think, really counterintuitive because we often feel like our job is to shield our kids. But in this case, I really think you want to speak as frankly and clearly as possible. So you want to use sentences like, this person died. Are they coming back? No, they're not coming back. People don't come back when they die. It's very sad when this happens and people feel a great amount of sadness because that person is gone. They've died. We experience an extraordinary tragedy. One of my children was in second grade and it was the kind of situation, a classmate of my second grader died and it was an extraordinarily difficult situation for us as parents to understand. And I remember when I heard the news before I had to tell my child what had happened, I just felt like I was completely lost. Like, how would I get these words out of my mouth to say to a child? And the advice that I got, and they actually brought in counselors to the school to help us talk to our kids. And they really kept coming back to this point of, they wanna see that you understand 
and that you have the answers and that you can speak frankly about this to them. And they don't want to see you flailing around in the world of like, well, things happen and people go to sleep. Like they want to hear the truth, actually. And that really helped me because I felt like I was bringing this to my kid and I was just the person who she was going to turn to for information about it. The other thing that came up that really resonated with me in this NPR article was children absorb things in bite-sized chunks. And they said, think of the way a kid eats an apple. They take two bites and they put it down. And I really saw this in my kid where she would come to me with a question and then walk away. And so we go back to our rule that you answer the questions that are asked. And so you don't want to overwhelm a kid with information. With my kid, I sat them down and said, this thing has happened. She had a question and then she was very upset and crying. And we just sat together. And then she went to school. They talked about it at school. They had counselors at school. She came home. And when she came home, she had some other questions. And so we just kept talking it through in that way where I would answer her small questions each time, but I didn't try to overwhelm her with information up front. Now, with a five-year-old at preschool who's asking more generally, what they're looking for from you is reassurance that I think you're exactly right. You can't really give them full reassurance. You can't say, oh, well, we're never going to die, your dad and I. You are going to die, hopefully not young, but even that could happen. And so... That's part of the story too. We don't really know what's going to happen to us. We know that the chances are that we're gonna live a long and happy life. And so if something ever bad did happen, we have other people who would take care of you. The likelihood of that is small, but you can talk about it openly. And I think that's really the key. And it's hard because we don't want to talk about this stuff either. One thing that can really help here is good books. And five is too young, but I'm gonna recommend, I've read it with all my kids, the book Tuck everlasting. If you haven't read it, it is about, well, I won't even tell you what it's about. No spoilers, but it's a beautiful book. I would say, hmm, what's the age range for Tuck Everlasting? I'm going to say I read it with my eight-year-old. She was probably a little bit on the young side and I read it with my 12-year-old. He loved it. And so read books that allow you to have these conversations and have these conversations frequently so that this doesn't become a taboo, scary topic. We often reference people who died in our family. Sometimes when I'll see something in a book or we're having a conversation, I'll say, that reminds me, even what happened to my daughter's classmate, even something that is like third rail level of tragic, so that we kind of introduce into conversations. It's okay to remember this thing, even though it's sad and upsetting. We don't just like lock it in a box. We reference it in our lives. And then once you reference things around death and scary subjects, it gives your kids a chance to take another little bite out of that apple by saying, hey, let me ask you a question about that now that we're on the topic. And the conversations around death and the scariness of it and the not scariness of it and the survival of it and the imparting whatever your cultural traditions are around heaven or not heaven or remembering people in your hearts or saying people's names, those conversations are easier if you're not afraid to talk about this. And so talking to your kids about death, talking to your kids about sex, talking to your kids about smoking, peer pressure, puberty, all the uncomfortable conversations, the more often you can do it, the better. It doesn't mean everyone sit down. 
it's death talk time. It just means as you're having family conversations, as you're reading books, you point out things and you try to help them confront issues that they're going to have to deal with because you're giving them a great gift by saying, we can talk about this. It's not as scary as both of us think, honestly. I hope that helps. If you have questions for myself or Amy, please send them to questions at whatfreshhellpodcast.com or come onto our Facebook group and ask them there and we might answer your question on an upcoming episode. Thanks for listening. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Margaret, it's an exciting news day. An exciting news day indeed, Amy. A few years ago, we launched our first spinoff podcast, Toddler Purgatory, hosted by the hilarious Blair Brooks and Molly Lloyd. And guess what? Now, Blair and Molly are back with their all-new podcast, Unsticking It. You know Blair and Molly as two busy moms and actors, and somewhere between potty training and the pandemic, they both felt like they lost their creative kaboom. In their new podcast, Unsticking It, they are going to talk about how all of us can get back to what lights us up after motherhood. Amy, I need this. Me too. And Blair and Molly will be talking to fellow imaginative minds. We're talking actors, artists, and creators of all kinds about how we can all unstick ourselves from whatever muck we're stuck in. Follow, subscribe, and listen to Unsticking It wherever you get your podcasts. That's Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life stucks.